This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. You know who I can do without? I can do without the people in the video store. Which ones? All of them. This is Massive Late Fee with Mike and Mark. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to Massive Late Fee. My name is Mark. With me, as always, is my co-host, Mike. How you doing, Mike? Not too bad. How about yourself? Good. We've had a good week here at Massive Late Fee. Things are going well. And I don't know. Talk to us out there. How do you feel? How are things going for you? I always tell you how we're doing. Have you had a good week out there? I hope you have. Okay, Mr. Rogers-esque uh, intro from us. Right, yeah. That's, uh, you know, that movie's coming out, uh, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood of wherever it's called, the Tom Hanks is Mr. Rogers movie. Huh. Yeah, seems good. I have little to no interest in that. <laughs> but, now, news. First, Mike, did you know, were you aware that... You and I have a code. It's we we ride together, we die together, bad boys for life, right? So I wasn't aware of this. <laughs> bad boys for life as a new trailer. The uh, film's coming out. It, it's it opens up with Will Smith getting out of a, a nice looking car. I don't know what kind of car it is. I'm not a car guy, but. All cool, and I'm the, you know, I'm so cool and everything. And then Martin Lawrence opens up his door and hits a fire hydrant. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's the same dynamics at play. Martin Lawrence is, you know, the dork and Will Smith is the, the smooth guy. So, you know, really what this whole franchise is, is just a uh, ripoff of, uh, Tingle and Cash. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Oh, that what a great movie that was, Tango and Cash. But it looks like Martin Lawrence is going to retire, but Will Smith is pulling him in for one last mission. These movies have been going on for so long, I think their characters probably could all literally both be retired. Yeah, they should be. The trailer didn't make it look very great. Uh I will say that the now this doesn't involve Michael Bay anymore, which is great. The writer of this movie is Joe Carnahan, who is from Michigan. I mean, if that, you know, makes a difference to anybody. Uh, no. But he, so here's some stuff that he wrote. Okay. Taco Heaven, uh, Blood, Guts, Bullets, and Octane. And then in 2002, he wrote and directed a movie you might be familiar with, Mike. I, I'm not, but you might know this one, Narc. Oh, yeah, I've seen that. Have you? <laughs> no, not at all. I saw the last frame. Oh. <laughs> the Jason Patrick Ray Liotta piece. So he wrote and directed that. Uh, he also did Smoking Aces, uh, Smoking Aces 2. Uh, the Gray, which is a pretty good movie. That's the one where uh, Liam Neeson fights wolves. Huh. So he wrote and directed that. He also did the remake of Death if Wish. This movie, if this movie's about a Liam Neeson fighting wolves, should it be called The Black? Because you know what kind of wolves he'd go for. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, <laughs> with, his, uh, with his crowbar he carries everywhere with him. Yeah. Oh, he also did, wrote the the remake of Death Wish, though. So I don't I don't know about that. And he did the A Team. Did I mention that one? Uh, I assume I, I've only seen a little bit of the AT movie and it's uh, not that good. Yeah, it doesn't strike me as it being so, good. Though it's better than the original series, which is not saying much at all. Right. But I don't know. So I don't know what to think about this. I mean, I'm not going to see it. I, I'll see if I, if I watch it at all, it's going to be when it comes to Netflix or, or whatever. Um, I'm not going to go see it in the theater. I saw the first one and I, think i saw the third one i missed the second oh, one wow, there's three yeah this is the fourth one i think i saw the third one i believe with some uh, a group of friends at some point and it was a lot of we're having a shootout and the camera's spinning 360 degrees yeah, around the and room everything's in slow motion now yeah yeah it was it was pretty stupid 
The best part about the Bad Boys movies is their cameo in Hot Fuzz. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, uh, that is the best. I'm not a big Will Smith fan. I like Martin Lawrence, but I mean, uh, I don't really care for these, you know, movies in general. My man. Yeah, I uh, I like Martin Lawrence too, but yeah, I'm not a big fan of of the of any of these kind of movies really. The other story that I have is that Quentin Tarantino apparently might turn Once Upon a Time in Hollywood into a Netflix miniseries. I heard that. I heard there wasn't a much uh, boring shit going on in the movie. They <laughs> expanded it into a miniseries. Apparently, the first cut of his film was four hours and 20 minutes long. And like half of that was a fitting in a shoe store? Yeah, exactly. About about two thirds of it was uh, fitting in a shoe store, and uh, uh, a third of it was was Brad Pitt driving. Yeah, but you know, I mean, this this movie was already almost three hours long. Now, I don't really think it's it's one of the things like he did with with the Hateful Eight, where it's just he he added some previously cut footage, and they they put it into like a four episode uh, thing on Netflix. You know, whatever. I mean, it's not, you know, who, it's, there's a reason that editors exist and editing exists. Not everything that you shoot should go into a movie. So I'm not really looking forward to this. Apparently though, uh, so Damon, uh, Harriman, who played uh, Charles Manson, who's only, and this is one of the things I like about the movie is the restraint that it shows, uh, in that, in that, they, I think he's in one brief scene. Uh, I guess he shot another scene for the movie. James Marsden apparently played Burt Reynolds, and he was completely cut out of the film. Uh, oh, wow. And uh, Julia Butters, who plays, who, who's the child actor in the movie, she has uh, some some scenes with Leonardo DiCaprio. Apparently, she had a scene cut that, according to this. Quote, had it been included in the film, would have put her in contention for an Oscar. I don't know how you know that, how you can know that. Right. Yeah, let's cut that part out. <laughs> yeah, and why would you cut that part out then if it was that good? Right. So I, I just, I don't get it. So, and it says, uh, Quentin may have some promises to, to keep. She's not going to win an Oscar for a miniseries. I got, maybe she'll win an Emmy. I don't even know how this works. Could could they would they be eligible for Emmy contention if they turn this into a miniseries? This was already released as a feature know. film. Who gives a fuck? Oh, I, I liked the movie in general, but it's uh, I, I don't need to see any more of it. I already watched it for almost three hours. Right. Uh, so that is our news for the week. Now we will move on to keeping current with Mike. Mike, we have got to find some interesting celebrity gossip that we can talk about. Where are we going to look for it at? Well, you're in luck today, Mark. Yeah. Yeah. All right, cool. Um, no, my uh, wife uh, gave me a list of like some websites. So tonight we're going to hiphopdx.com. All right. Hiphopdx.com. Our top story of the night is... Uh, Jeezy reveals Kanye West can't tell me nothing was originally his record. Okay, well, I uh, I know all those people. Um, I don't I don't think I'm familiar with the song "Can't Tell Me Nothing," but uh, I mean, if so, he's saying that that uh, Kanye stole it, huh? I think he bought it or something. Oh, interesting. See, now you like make songs by commission a lot. Like you'll buy something and then add to it and that kind of stuff. Interesting. I didn't even realize that that's how they uh, that they did things now. Yeah, a lot of like yeah, it is what um, producers will make beats and they'll they'll sell them to different artists or certain artists will hire producers to work on their albums and they'll have beats, but then like you know they won't use them, so they'll reuse them. That sort. Of- okay. Well, this came out in two thousand seven, so this is a twelve year old story. <laughs> Or well, this is a song about something twelve years old. But right. uh, let's see. So it's a it's an American hip hop. Uh, let's see. It's a song by Kanye West, uh, the lead single on his third studio album, Graduation. I have heard some songs from that album. I know his first one was it was uh, his first one was College Dropout, and then 
and then uh, late registration and then graduation. So, you know, I, I get what he's going for there. Um, but anyway, so uh, it lost for uh, the Grammy for uh, best song of the year to Good Life, which is another Kanye West song. <laughs> So it lost to another song of his. Apparently it was uh, featured in the movie The Hangover. Huh. So My wife has never seen The Hangover. Oh, really? Yeah. The original one is pretty good. And I think she'd like it. Yeah, I think the first one was pretty good. Alex, you should see The Hangover. I mean, it's like... Don't go in thinking like, oh, this is, you know, the, the best comedy ever. Like a lot of people, like, you know, The Hangover was every dickhead's favorite movie for like 10 years. <laughs> so it's not, uh, you know, like don't go thinking about it like that, but it's, I think it's an enjoy, it's a little enjoyable film. It's one of those ones where you'll be happy that you took a little afternoon to, to, to watch it, I think. Yeah. Oh, uh, so anyway, next story. Next story. Oh, you're talking to me. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm kidding. 50 Cent asked Paris Jackson to consider, quote, little boys' butts, unquote, while, while defending Chris Brown. What the fuck? <laughs> okay. So I know who 50 Cent is. I don't know who Paris Jackson is. Paris Jackson is uh, Michael Jackson's, quote, unquote, daughter. Oh, okay. So the, the, so Paris Jackson is the twisted medical experiment that is the offspring of Michael Jackson. Uh, I think so, yeah. And no offense to Paris Jackson. And, uh, is that the one, is she, is she the one that he, he, uh, almost dropped, uh, over the balcony? No, that's a blanket. <laughs> they really call like, I, I don't know if it's his actual name, but they really call him blanket. <laughs> Somebody named a human blanket. It might be his nickname, but blanket is definitely what the kid is called. Oh fuck! Oh my god! It's like child abuse. Uh, Paris, Michael, Catherine, Jackson. Wow! What? What an ego! Part of her middle name has to be his name. Paris Michael Catherine Jackson, born, uh, quote unquote born April 3rd, 1998, is an American model, media personality, socialite, humanitarian, and actress. She is the second child and only daughter of Michael Jackson and Debbie Rowe, whoever the fuck that is. All we know about Michael Jackson is this guy loved the fuck. He's got kids everywhere. Yeah, he liked to fuck, and he liked to fuck kids. <laughs> Allegedly. Um, but I guess, by the way, I looked it up. Uh, Blanket is actually just like a nickname. Oh, okay. What's his, what's his, what is his uh, actual name, Comforter? Um, Michael Jackson 2. <laughs> not which is weird. Which not is weird. Junior. <laughs> just like he's the sequel. Michael what's, what's, too. what's weird is he's got an older brother that isn't named after his father. <laughs> like, his, like his older brother's name is like Prince. Oh god. I don't know if he's named after Michael Jackson or after the musician Prince. <laughs> right. No, I, I really don't know, but oh. yeah, so um So basically um fifty cent came out and claimed that Chris Brown was like, you know, the biggest pop legend of all time and like uh Bigger than Michael Jackson because he was like, you know, he was still. He didn't have to go through all these wacky dancing shenanigans. Mm -hmm. And uh, by the way, if you were looking for something fucked up, read the account of uh, Chris Brown beating Rihanna, the 911 call. Oh, okay. It's it's pretty horrific. She wouldn't hand him uh, a tissue or something, right? That's what it was. Or she wouldn't let him look at her phone. I don't remember what it was. But it's not like he was trying to murder her from the account I read. Ugh, terrible. Yeah, so he was being defended by Fifty Cent, and he goes, "Hey, what?" And then he mentioned, "Hey, at least Fifty Cent's not a you know raping children," which is a valid point. Yeah, I guess that's true. So it sounds like Paris has had a a great life. 
Uh, let's see. She's it's, basically famous for being Michael Jackson's child. I mean, that's from what I can tell. And like, she's a model because she's Michael Jackson's child. Yeah, she said that she considers herself black, uh, and well, she's Michael Jackson's kid. I don't know how, but and that she was uh, immersed in African American culture by her father. By the age of fifteen, she had been an intravenous drug addict and had attempted suicide several times. She was then sent to a therapeutic school in Utah. Where maybe that's why she tried to commit suicide, where she spent her sophomore and junior years of high school and which she credits with helping her overcome depression on July 13, 2018, in response to a question on her Instagram profile about whether she is bisexual. She wrote, that's what you guys call it. So I guess, but who needs labels? All right. Okay. Uh, sure. I guess. But yeah, she sounds like she's had a pretty bad life. <laughs> Yeah, I guess so. With uh, drug use and such. Uh, so let's see. Uh, she was did an interview with Oprah Winfrey when she was like twelve. Um, her her godparents are uh, the late Elizabeth Taylor and Macaulay Culkin. Huh. So weird. Uh, well, what do you expect? Yeah. She's, uh, so as an actress, she has been in, oh, Scream? They made a TV show of the, of Scream? Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Well, she was in that. And then a bunch of, and then a bunch of, like, Living with Michael Jackson, Michael Jackson's private home movies, just herself in everything else. Or Michael Jackson had, like, an order to, like, delete all his hard drives upon his death as part of his will. Oh, my God. He should have. I mean, if he didn't, that's a that's a really that's a really bad decision making. If he didn't, if, if he didn't, then that's uh, he's not a very smooth criminal after all, is he? <laughs> exactly. You could say he was bad, right? Oh man, his doctor was pretty bad. Yeah, not very good. So anyway, um, that's all we have uh, for today from uh, hiphopdx.com. All right. I wonder what the DX stands for. Um, I don't know. Double cross. Yep. Hip hop double cross.com. All right. Sounds good. Now on to the parents guide game. This is the game that's sweeping the nation. I think. I don't know. Yeah. Other, other people have played, have played it. I've heard. So I will start out, uh, in this iteration of the game, Mike. I think you've seen this movie. If you haven't, I apologize. But we're going to go for it anyway. (laughs) Under violence and gore. Lots of shootings, which often include blood. (laughs) Is that just like a general thing? Shootings often include blood. No, on the A-team they don't. That's true. Unless this is the A-team. My guess is Heat. No. I like that movie, though. Yeah, I liked most of it. While taking a photo, one of the characters puts his hand on a woman's clothed breast. Memento. No. Okay. Uh, Let's see. At least 15 F-words and a few other cuss words. (laughs) (laughs) Why? Um, Desperado. No. A man on stage smashes another man in the face with a microphone stand as a crowd watches. The man appears to be knocked unconscious and falls to the ground when security immediately escorts the attacker off the stage. The wedding singer? Uh, no. Okay. Uh, I was trying to think when, uh, the clothes breast thing happens. Uh, let's see. A man, I'll, I'll do both in the, uh, drugs and alcohol one. Uh, a man smokes on a pipe. A man drinks alcohol, quote, bourbon from a bottle. Um, kingpin. No. Hmm. A boy runs toward a man and a woman, and the man punches the boy in the face. He falls flat to the ground and cuts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> that sounds hilarious as fuck. Yeah. Oh my god, what movie is this? I'm sure it sounds so familiar. I'm pretty sure you've seen this, not positive. Dewey Cox? Uh, no. Damn it. That's Walk Hard, actually. Yeah, Walk Hard, sorry. The Dewey yeah. Cox story. Thank you. A man who jumped off a roof is seen in a pool of blood. My God. Uh, bringing out the dead. No. Hmm. A man's bare buttocks are seen. Hmm. <laughs> Mallrats. No. A married couple have sex with close-up female nudity and male buttocks seen. Huh. Um... No Country for Old Men. No. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> One of the characters makes a remark that a woman is quote-unquote half-Muslim and then jokes, quote-unquote, thanks for 9-11. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember that part. Okay, half-Muslim. So, so obviously, okay, so it's a movie that's newer than September of 2001. Yes. Hmm. Unless it's known ahead of time. Um. Damn. I am going to guess the People versus Larry Flint. <laughs> I was one of the people. I uh, know. Right. Uh. Okay. Uh. Some people are shot in the head. Jeez. Uh, Pulp Fiction? No. Hmm. I got like one more that... Yeah, I'm just going to do the one that I think is going to give it away next time. A woman reads a man a story about a hiker being stranded in the woods after her leg was cut under a rock. The man jokes that if the woman had been caught in the woods under a rock that he would chew off her leg and the two then make a series of jokes about being cannibals. Oh, this sounds really familiar. Oh, this sounds really familiar. Um, shit. Knocked up? No. Okay. Uh, a computer tech participates in a VR simulation involving a full, involving a fully nude woman who moves in closer to him and appears to be performing a sex act on him. Uh, someone's breasts, nipples, and pubic hair is shown, uh, though her legs are positioned so that she doesn't show the camera her vulva. <laughs> huh. That's so, that's so, uh, just clinical. Right. Her um, vulva. A virtuosity. No. A man shows another man what appears to be a metal lump. The man explains that it is a man's testicle that has been freeze-dried and then bronze. Holy shit. Um, is this... Jackass? No. Okay. Uh, lots of fight scenes which include people hit with objects and bloodied. Is this Jackass? No. Oh, probably not a shooting Jackass. <laughs> Johnny Knoxville murders a couple people. You know, Johnny Knoxville, when he was trying to uh, make Jackass and like getting this uh, like a uh, video thing, I think mm -hmm. it was in a magazine. He uh, he bought a bulletproof vest and he had him from like you know ten feet away in the bulletproof vest. Oh holy shit! Yeah, he's a, he's a crazy guy. Throughout the movie, men and women make multiple jokes about flatulence, including a man telling a woman that he had just flatulated. Moments later, we see three men reacting and shouting about a terrible smell. We hear flatulence, we see relief. <laughs> okay. Like flatulated, that's a great... Uh, yeah, there. yeah. Um, hmm. Movie 46 or 62 or whatever the fuck that thing was called? No. Uh, okay. Uh, scene of two people set on fire and staggering around. While on fire till collapsing. 
I have no idea what this is. Um, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. No. <laughs> that fa- that famous uh, em- emulsion in uh, in uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. No. I'm going to give you two clues. But this is a, is a good clue. Okay. A boy is a boy is startled by a bolt of thunder. A man is scared by a clap of thunder. Hmm. Ted? Yes. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, I don't remember the 9-11. I've seen the movie once. I don't remember anything about it. I have seen the movie, but I I think I've only seen it once, too. I've seen that one, and I've seen the second one. I think the second one's actually funnier from my recollection. I mean, I liked Ted. I just, uh, I don't remember it really. Yeah, it was a fine movie. It was, it was one of those movies where I thought, you know, it, it wasn't, I, I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. I thought it was fine. It was, you know, I didn't, uh, you know, I wasn't upset that I'd watched it or anything. Yeah, I liked it. It's just, eh, you know, I didn't watch it again. Yeah. Uh, okay. So this one, I think this one might help. Uh, a scene where two bodies combine into one is a gory mess that turns into a CG blob effect. Time cop? Yes, that's correct. You fuck. <laughs> I should have known. Oh. Yeah, I wasn't exactly sure what I was going to do for my second one. So uh, I did time cop since we talked about it uh, not on this episode. Right. Oh, uh, so now on to, or well, I guess let's do, let's do a little, let's do a little promo. So we will talk about last week we did, it was the outlandish historians, which is a pretty good show this week. No clue. So listen to this. Oh, Hey, I didn't see you there. I'm Swanson host of the TV tuners podcast. Every week on TV tuners, me and my co-host Kio Rain, Swanson, I need water and Stairmaster. Review the latest in TV and discuss news, trailers, and even find time to play some fun games. Right now, we're working overtime to cram as much TV knowledge into our brains as possible. Isn't that right, guys? We've been here for 24 hours. We need to get out of here. Not until you answer who Norm is. He's Fraser's brother. Wrong. You get the shock. Check out TV Tunes, available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, or any of the podcatchers of your choice. Hey, now you know something we don't know, because... Oh, wait, actually, I go back and I look up who it is before I edit it in. But now you know something Mike doesn't know. You and I have a secret from Mike. Whatever. (laughs) So, uh, main topic today is stuff we've watched. Like always, streaming stuff we've watched since we talk about streaming stuff. Since Mike and I don't like the movie theaters, my oh. God, your voice being higher and higher. Each word. <laughs> I don't are like. You, are you on a hot air balloon? The microphone's on the ground. <laughs> I don't like movies. I don't like going to the movie theater. That doesn't really. Oh no, this. Oh no, the sandbags. <laughs> uh. So anyway, I watched. Uh, something that friend of the show, Lester Green, is in. Uh, Wu-Tang, an American drama, I believe, or American saga. Saga, I believe. Yeah, on Netflix, or on Hulu, I mean. Uh, pretty damn good, I have to say. I have heard, uh, some of the Wu-Tang Clan songs. I am, I have a passing familiarity with them. I'm not, you know, an enormous fan of them. I like the songs of theirs I've heard, but I'm not, you know, I, I know there are a lot of people that are, are really into the Wu-Tang Clan and I would not count myself among that number. And I did. Yeah, I'm, I'm really into them. Are you? Yeah. We went to, my wife and I went to the concert they had recently over the summer. Uh, they were performing the entire album, um, 36 Chambers. Oh, okay. And unfortunately, I didn't care for the sound. I don't know why it was as bad as it was. So we left kind of early, and I missed the uh, encore where they played Triumph, which I kind of figured they would. But what can you do? Yeah, I uh, and I didn't know a lot about their. You know, I knew I knew the members, uh, or at least most of them. I, there's, I think there was like nine original members of uh, of the Wu Tang Clan. Uh, let's see: RZA, Jizza, Old Dirty Bastard, Method Man, Ghostface, Killer, and then like four other people. <laughs> 
uh, let's see, meth. You said meth man. I don't know if red. I don't think red man was part of the group. Not um, part of the original one. I don't think. You God was one of them. Yeah, uh, that's right. Shit. I don't. I think Inspector Deck was also in the original yes, crew. Yes, yeah, that's correct. Um, shit, I can't remember. There's one more that I'll never get. Transcendence or something you, like that. I don't know. Uh, but anyway, so I didn't know a lot about them. Uh, a lot about the the actual lives of the the members and just different things that they'd gone through. So watching the the miniseries was a pretty eye opening experience. And oh, Ray Ray Rayquan. Yeah, Rayquan the chef. That's right. Yeah, that's the that's the one we we forgot. And Master Killer. Um, but anyway, so yeah, it was a pretty eye opening experience. Uh, about different things that they'd gone through. And like I said, I mean, one of the reasons why I watched, why I started watching it is because I knew friend of the show, uh, who we've interviewed, uh, Lester Green was, you know, in it, in, in a couple episodes. He plays Clapper or Clocker, I mean, uh, and, um, you know, so I, I started watching it because of that, but it really hooked me and it's very, very good. Uh, if yeah, I, I follow Lester on uh, Twitter and he like showed some pictures at the time. Like it was kind of cool because like, uh, he had, like, a name card across from him that was, like, Rizza. I'm like, oh, that's pretty sweet. Yeah. Just you know, be sitting across from the Rizza. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, like I said, if you, if you have any interest in the Wu-Tang Clan, I think, you know, you'd find it interesting. And even if you don't, it's, it's just, there's a lot of, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure some of it is dramatized, but I know a lot of the events of so Riza, you know, is a consultant on the film and, uh, you know, uh, it's a lot of it is his story as the, you know, de facto leader, the, the producer and, and everything of, of the band. Uh, a lot of it is his story, but obviously it involves everybody, but he's certainly one of the main characters and a lot of it's, it's kind of told through his eyes. It's a pretty amazing story when you think about it. Like they, you know, pr- Release their first record, and then like each person's single album, you know, solo album mm. was platinum. Yeah, I, I know. Was a produced most of them, all of them. It was just like, wow, it's like a huge, you know, accomplishment. Yeah, they were all they're all super talented uh, musicians, and the stuff that they had to go through and that they kind of had to to overcome is amazing. Uh, and you know, it really it, it it gives you a lot of insight into uh, Riz's genius. Um, you know, and kind of his drive to, uh, to, to make music. Uh, a lot of it focuses on early days, um, you know, uh, dealing drugs and, and things like that. Um, you know, and not in a, like, what I, what I kind of, one of the things I like about it is that it, it sort of humanizes everything to where, their reasoning for what they're doing is, you know, the, the older brother gets arrested and they're like, yeah, we're going to come and, and bail you out with this, you know, with the money and all that stuff. He's like, no, no, you're not. He's like, you two need to start. Don't worry about me. You two need to start running things now because you got to keep a roof over everyone's head. Cause you know, there's the mom, the sister, the little brother, uh, you know, all living in the house. And it's like, you got to keep a roof over their head. You got to keep food on their table. You know, you got to, uh, you got to head up the game now. And, you know, it kind of, it kind of humanizes everything. It's like, yeah, I guess, you know, they're struggling trying to, cause it's not, they're not living large or anything like at this point, you know, or anything like that. They're not, yeah. they're not, they're not spending their money on extravagant things. They're trying to take care of their family. Yeah. The book, uh, Freakonomics, uh, the author, Stephen Le- Levy, like he like did a study about like, uh, you know, how much people actually make like, in the drug trade, it's like l- way less than minimum wage. Like, mm-hmm. You know, the chance of dying is like super high. It's like the worst job there is, but it's like always glamorized because, you know, it's like a classic pyramid type scheme where the people at the top are really making like a pretty decent amount like of tax-free money. Yeah. And everybody else is like just making like a shit kind of wage. Yep, exactly. I've read that book before. Uh, very, uh, very fascinating book. I think it was in the sequel that he did the part about the drug dealers, but I give you wrong. Uh, I don't remember. I don't remember because I've read, I've read both of them, so I'm not sure. But yeah, definitely, uh, fascinating book. Uh, I, well, I won't get into it, but there, there, there are certain political views and, and things like that, that, uh, you know, that book sort of helped, uh, shape for me based on, uh, based basically just on, uh, you know, statistics and numbers and, and things like that. 
Um, it's really interesting when an economist, like economist, does something rather than like you know like a TV pundit. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because he's basing his on on numbers and and sort of you know uh, study and things like that, as opposed to this is how I feel about things. Right. But yeah, so Mike, what have you uh, watched this week? Um, again, I was heavily into uh, Mr. Robot this week. Mm-hmm. Um, I rewatched uh, part of Idiocracy. I say rewatch because I fell asleep halfway through it. Um, but I and I'm a big fan of the movie Idiocracy. I love I, that movie. It's kind of, it seems like a long movie. And it's like one I like to watch, like maybe once a year if that. But I mean, you know, I really enjoy it. It's just I don't need to watch it that much. It's very dry humor for those who haven't seen it. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it's uh, Idiocracy. I I love that that movie so much there there's so much that's like it, it takes the premise and i mean it really explains the premise very well uh the premise that people that are dumber have more kids than people who are smart basically yeah, it's a pretty hilarious chart at the beginning of the uh the movie where mm-hmm. you have like the family tree and it's like zigzagging every which way yeah exactly and then another counterpoint is that technology is becoming so advanced that you really like. This is my big argument. Like my big reason why I don't like Apple is because it like tries to simplify stuff, and I really don't think that's what you want. I think you want people to really have an understanding of the technology is more important than just hitting a button. Because like in Idiocracy, you could come to like some weird, vague future where there's all this machinery and technology, and nobody knows how to fix it. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Like it's a it's a it's a great movie. There's so many great visuals. Like uh, when he goes to the hospital, which is kind of when I when I watch it this time, I'm like, well, why is he going to the hospital? He's probably like has some weird like you know illness or something, and they just never actually diagnose it. But he goes to the hospital, and like uh, there's a voiceover that's like, oh, you don't feel good, and like they have this weird <laughs> like thing you shove into various orifices to see if they can detect what's wrong with you. Yep. And when he's going to the doctor, the doctor just goes, well, basically your shit's all fucked up. Which you know is uh, he's played by Justin Long. He's really funny in that role. Yeah. Um, and then like, uh, which again, they, like even their machinery saying there's something wrong with him. But then he like, kind of then he realizes he doesn't have a scanner chip on him, like a barcode, which everybody else in this world has. So they call the police as he runs away, and then eventually he's caught. He goes to jail briefly because he gets out of jail because he just says he's supposed to be leaving, and they just kind of fall for it. Yeah. And while he's in there, he takes a battery of tests that reveal him to be the most intelligent person in the entire world by quite a bit. Yeah, and he's it's it's very it's established early on that he is absolutely average in every way. Yeah, like he literally is the middle of the bell curve. Yep. Oh, and I I, I can't go. I should have mentioned this, uh, but Mike Judge is a hilarious role at the beginning. He's a, a scientist who's in charge of this. Uh, hibernation program and he's like falling in with this pimp named upgrade and like uh there's like just like a lot of funny like visual gags and just like uh really like you know dry wit with um like judge's character talking about upgrade and uh how he, like, he eventually gets arrested for like being involved in pimping so that's how the project kind of gets lost because it's so top secret and that's why joe goes into the future along with this uh, prostitute whose name uh, escapes me played by Maya rudolph though yeah i can't think of her name either but Maya rudolph's very good in in, in the movie yeah, she's one of Upgrade's uh, ladies of the night. So uh, they're, they're both 500 years in the future. Um, she's kind of off on her own adventure. She's kind of tricking this guy into saying that she'll like perform prostitution services. But she just keeps saying, ooh, the longer you wait, the better it'll be. And she just keeps giving her more and more money. Mm-hmm. Well, we see the Carl's Jr. machine, uh, you know, it malfunctions slightly. And then it sends the police after all in for not having enough money. Right. It's really like a really bizarre, like a, you know, dystopian type future. I mean, everything's automated. It doesn't seem like anyone really has to do much in the way of work. We see uh, Dex Shepard, I love in this movie. He's so hilarious. Um, he plays a lawyer and also like a guy that uh, Joe kind of like falls in on at the beginning. Yep. We first see him. He's sitting in like this comfortable chair with like three TV screens blaring. He's got a tube that's like just feeds food directly to his mouth. He's watching his favorite show, All My Balls, which is literally just a guy falling like on his crotch, like in various ways. Yeah, yeah, it's it's basically uh, a YouTube stream. Yeah, pretty much. And then he just ends up being his lawyer, so he's like, you know, one of the higher end professions in this world. It's just like a fun movie. There's, it's kind of like a road trip movie in a lot of ways. They're traveling across the country looking for um, this time machine that uh, mm-hmm. Frito, that's Zach Shepard's character, tells him about. Yeah. It's really interesting to me how they do all the trademarks, like with uh, Fud Ruckers, like they changed to the Butt Fuckers. Like, I wonder, 
what if any legal action because I think this movie it, it didn't have a big release I think it was like some kind of tiff between Mike Judge and the people at the, the company that released it like they didn't give it a full proper like you know advertisement yeah which is weird because with Mike Judge movies I've liked everyone I've seen but they've never once been properly advertised aside from maybe the Beavis and Butthead movie yeah I agree the office space is the same way and uh, yeah maybe Beavis and Butthead was the the one that was you know kind of because that had a cult following just sort of built in and uh, and I think yeah. I think they kind of tried to appeal to that even in that case I don't know that they did the best job in the world but yeah I like Mike Judge's sense of humor I think it's uh, you know yeah. it's kind of off kilter uh, but I, I like it a lot yeah it's weird because like uh, like Office Space like the ad was pretty bad for it like it's weird you see a movie that's really good but the ad is just shit like Fight Club had a bad ad for it yeah. The, the Matrix, the Matrix, I had no idea what the movie's even about, which is obviously kind of the point, but, I mean, that was actually probably a better example of an ad. Like, it was really intriguing, but, yeah, like, Mike Judge movies, like, Extract I liked, I liked uh, Idiocracy, Office Space, mm-hmm. um, everyone I've seen, I've really enjoyed. I mean, it's just weird that they get advertised so weirdly. It's like, ah, it looks bad, I'm just going to go see it still. Right. Like, with Super Troopers, that movie got, like, the ads for that made it look like the worst, like, dumbest movie ever, and it turned out to be, like, one of the funniest movies I'd seen in, like, years at that point. Like, that was a movie I just, like, binge-watched over and over the same movie. Yeah, that was one of the, uh, Super Troopers was one of the ones where I saw it the first time, and I was like, I don't know. I don't know about this movie. But then I, I, I happened to watch it uh, the second time, and I was like, oh my god, I totally get it now. And, uh... And then the more I watched it, the funnier it was. Right. Uh, but yeah, Idiocracy is a good movie. And uh, I like Extract a lot, too. I, I forgot that that was a Mike Judge film. Yeah, it's a, I really like that movie. It's like a, it's almost like the movie The Good, the good Girl, kind of like a dry adult comedy, which there aren't really that much of these days. Right. Like, much like Boy Meets World, just seems like, you know, geared towards the lowest common denominator. There's not really a lot of, like, clever comedies that I've seen lately. Yeah, exactly. Like a Hitchcock movie, like, uh, you know, To Catch a Thief. It's like a lighthearted kind of, like, caper type movie. Like, there's really not that kind of, like, nice, like, combination of the two. Yeah, it's it's weird because comedies, and, do, like, doing retro late feet and stuff like that, I kind of, it, it gives me an interesting perspective on how movies have evolved over the years because wait, the- wait. Re- retro late fee is that what you're calling all those tapes you recently discovered <laughs> yeah yeah that's what uh that's what that's what i'm calling it uh ah. all, all the tapes that carol and i did back in uh in the 1990s nice but Smart. yeah no I, I thought it was a good idea but uh um so but you know listening to that and everything it there were a lot of really funny comedies that came out uh, in that era, and that era was was really big for comedies. I I don't know what I would call this era big for. I mean, definitely not comedies. Most of the comedies, yeah, I can't think of a comedy I've seen recently that I really liked. No, most of them are broad and and just not really great. So maybe honestly, I think the Lego Batman movie was the funniest comedy I've recently seen. That was not bad. I watched that with the kids. There's a lot of like, good inside jokes for fans of Batman, you know. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, you know, I guess this. I think this era would be what uh, serialized dramas, TV. I guess, yeah, like the golden age in a lot of ways. Although it might, it's hard to say that's dwindling down because you could really say the Sopranos kicked that off. Mm-hmm. I mean, Better Call Saul is still a really high tier show. show. Uh, I'd say Mr. Robot's a really like high tier show as well. It's very like complicated, which I like. I'm gonna have to check that one out. So the guy Remy Malik is is on the spectrum or something, right? Um, the character he has a, like a, a a bunch of like uh, mental disorders. They don't. I can't really say what they are. It, it gets them away. Oh, okay. Kind of gives it away. All right. Yeah, he's as far as I know, he's not like on the spectrum or anything. But he might be. I mean, it's it's. You just have to watch it, honestly. All right. Well, I'll check it out. I, I've I've heard good things, and I I I've heard good things, but I haven't heard any specifics about it, which is probably the best way to go into it. So. I will. Uh, I'll definitely check that out. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's something else I've been watching. I can't. I just couldn't remember what it was. Huh? Did it have nudity? Well, I was watching something like that, but it's not something to review for the show. 
Was it? Uh, and honestly, I lost interest like five minutes in anyway, so it couldn't have been that good. Oh, okay. It w- it must have been uh, uh, Granny Buttfuckers Five. Oh uh, no! Ha- happy Scrappy Hero. Spoilers. Happy Scrappy Hero Pup. Yeah. Uh, so that is our show for the week. Uh, hit us up on Twitter and Instagram, the Gram and MySpace and 4chan and I don't know. Jeez, 8chan. Yeah, I don't know. That what those are I've never been on either of those sites, but they're like what uh anonymous people just talking about how great white people are or something like that. I don't know. I've never been on 8chan. I think that's like a more focus on the white I mean 4chan's like a bunch of like dumb idiots, you know, basically it's like some are brilliantly idiots, but you know some are just like complete idiots, so, like straight up. So it's a really interesting uh, observation on the human condition. No, but so, HN, I'm not familiar. So it's the so it's the internet then. Um, it's like the inter- internet turned up to uh, ten. You know what we should do? Uh, new new segment: uh, trolling 4chan, <laughs> where Ooh, where we where we just go through something. I don't know whatever thread. And uh read some uh read some 4chan uh ideas. Yeah, maybe. I, I don't know. This so I I just went on it bef- for the first time in my life. This is the first time I've ever been on 4chan. Every everything is by somebody named Anonymous. Uh yeah, that's uh generally that's it's an anonymous board. You could like come up with like a name, but you have to like put these weird commands in. Oh, okay. And, like, most people like think those people are dorks anyway. So let's see. Uh, a member of the Fantastic Four gets permanently replaced with She Hulk. Who gets the boot? That's the question. Uh, you need to go to uh, you need to go to B. It's slash B. That's like the random board. That's like the the asshole of the internet, as they say. Oh, okay. So let's see. Slash B. Um. Hmm. I might say random. Would you buy an Android Lolly with realistic personality? Hmm. No. Okay. Uh, it's a child. Oh, that's what it is? Fuck! Yeah, Loli, like a, what do you call it? Lolita? Holy shit! Yeah, so I'm in the no camp on that one. Oh my god. That's fucking horrifying. So here's a picture of, it looks like some very young women, uh, two Asian and flanked by two white women. Uh, and it says, Dubs and I dump the one of your choice. Hmm. Okay. Dubs is when your, uh, your comment ends in like the same number, like one, one or two, two. And then like, you know, if someone, if that, so that person posting is saying, if my last few numbers are doubles, you know, a double, a one, one or a two, two, then I'm going to dump, you know, whoever you pick. Gotcha. Okay. Huh. So he's dating all four of these women is what he's trying to say? I guess. That's by Smart Select 201 and then a bunch of numbers. Uh yeah, this looks this looks pretty bad. Yeah, you might I, I would just close out right now if I were you. So right, you got lucky it wasn't it could have been way worse. Well, right here is a picture of uh, a woman getting fucked in the ass by a very large penis. And it says reply or your mommy die. <laughs> And then the two responses are damn, and the other one is uh, the F word that's not fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. And there's a picture of a woman uh, naked. Pics of girls you want spread slash posted around. Holy shit. Okay, so this is uh, somebody's ex or something that they uh, want to spread their nude photos around. Yeah, this is uh, great. Oh, my God. All right, well, that's a picture of a woman taking a shit on the bed. (laughs) I think this is a new segment. Mark Mark goes through uh, B. (laughs) Holy fuck. This is... uh, uh, this is the essence of how we define inner and outer beauty, and uh, it's a, a black woman uh, in the midst of taking a shit. We could uh, call it Bewildered. <laughs> That's a great name for it. Oh, yeah, this is horrifying. <laughs> oh, look at this. 
Okay, here's the last one. This is the last one on the page. Uh, and I'm not going to page two, but we might do this next week. I don't know. Uh, it's a woman naked with two stars over her breasts. I mean, not over the nipples, like actually tattooed over her entire breasts, like near her shoulders. Uh, her face is blurred out. She is, uh, uh, has a, um, a dildo in her vagina and she's rubbing her clit. Uh, it says, this is my wife. She wants to have sex with an incel. How hard is this to accomplish? I mean, can she just ask some guy? <laughs> what the hell? Um, and then somebody replied, you're okay with getting cucked by an incel? And then it says the N word with the soft A on the end. You gay. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's funny. <laughs> and then someone says, maybe the world will be a safer place if, if this incel gets laid, I guess. Uh, and then someone replied underneath that, my girl, tell me what you think, fakes. And it's, uh, it's, okay, so th- this person is like, I'm pretty sure you could erase this stuff and probably see the, I don't know. I don't know how pictures work, but, um, instead of like an actual professional, like, blur out, Someone's taken a picture uh of their their girlfriend. Now she is clothed, but she's in uh lingerie. And uh they've just taken like like red, you know, not red marker, not actual red marker, but like you would do on MS Paint or something like that and just scribbled out her head and uh towards the side and bottom to where I think it's uh maybe there might be some other some other um you know, identifying markers. Uh, it also says like, it also looks like he posted this somewhere else, maybe on what it, Oh, it looks like uh, Twitter, I guess, because, uh, there's a thing on the bottom that says 327 views, uh, the dot loyal dot brand, uh, nothing, something, I don't know, hashtag repost from at smiles, something. So I don't even think this is actually his girlfriend. <laughs> I think he's just stolen this from something else and reposted yeah, it. Yeah, that's an that's a common thing. So, uh great. <laughs> that was that was something. Enjoy sleeping tonight. Oh yeah. Um so now I know that that exists in the world. Uh anyway, so that's our show. Um don't visit 4chan. Uh maybe we'll talk about it next week. Uh, next week Marco's to 8chan. Oh god, yeah, that might be even worse. Oh uh, yeah. Uh we could call it 8chan, but the 8 has a hate in it or something or the hate has an 8 in it. I don't know. Hate chan. How about how about how about internet shit show? Yeah, that's not bad. All right, we will see you next week. Bye. See you next time.